not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Karen, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no sides. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Brain trust of dust. What's up, y'all? Um, sorry for the one day delay on this. You know, a man's got to travel to Canada. A man sometimes has to travel to Canada to do shows. I'm in Edmonton right now. And it's very near here is the first story we'll share in a moment with you. It's an insanity that's happening just nearby. A fire that has broken out. But I first wanted to say hello. And the world's getting crazier by the minute. I'm so glad we're doing the podcast again because it's just shit bananas. I mean, literally the state of the world is shit bananas. Not even apostrophe S. Sing it. This shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. I have a lady who... who, uh, just chills, chills in my room and s- sings things on command. Sing Respect by Aretha Franklin. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it Stop. means to. She's the best. Can I be honest? She literally comes in handy, especially right now, in this first time. Uh, that person is Stephanie Simbari. She's been a guest at least twice on this podcast before. Yep, this is my second, third, this is my third time being a guest. I've, but this is my second time being a guest on a road version yeah, of so the podcast. Yeah, so true. Last week on the road. But this is really last week on Earth. It's not a last week on the road because we're going to cover I'm stories. I'm not the one who said this podcast is called Last Week on the Road. You totally That's a good put point. You there. just said on the road. You said this is an on the road podcast. That was on me. Version. That was, that's a good point. That was on me. Sing a whole new world from the Aladdin soundtrack. I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart decide? I can open your eyes. We were watching Empire tonight, and Ben was in his head, and I thought he was upset about something else, and then he goes, man... Gotta do some more singing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've made it a reality. <laughs> yeah. Just an hour and a You're half a later. You're a master manifester. I'm a man- master manifester of my destiny, mister. mister. <laughs> I'm a master manifester of my destiny, mister. Yeah, you are. I'm gonna keep Please all- don't start freestyling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Fair, fair call. Too early in the podcast for that. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Or too late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pretend you didn't mean that. <laughs> I, I did. That's what I believe. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that as well. And everything you're saying right now, it's very hurtful. And I didn't hear it. So it's not hurtful at all. No, no. I don't know what you're talking about. You and I are right now in a two-bedroom condominium in Edmonton that we are sharing. Yes. We are in Alberta, Canada. Yes. About to begin uh, 
five nights of shows, four well, nights, four nights of shows. You're about to begin. You're I already, already began tonight at the Comic Strip. You can yes. still get tickets, by the way, at thecomicstrip.ca Please if you're get nearby. Tickets. Why? Because tonight wasn't a big crowd, huh? Tonight was a very small crowd. We had fun. They were small, but they were mighty. They were sweet. They were kind. They were lovely. Very funny. It's true. I sat the show out tonight. Stayed home. To work on the podcast on the that podcast. he's now just recording. Well, so it takes a long time to prep. Mm-hmm. You have to understand. Uh-huh. And I also had a lot of Snapchatting. <laughs> Listen, I've got multiple needs. No, I wasn't really Snapchatting very much at the time. I was watching some news, and I was uh, addressing some business emails that confound me and are very frustrating. You should live Snapchat. You should call your Snapchat last week on Earth. Deep. That was a very long pause. Oh, I mean, it just floored me. I don't like. I really thought about it. I'm like, what are the merits? I was going pros. You just throw another business question at me after a day full of business questions that are too conundruming. I just have a. I'm a creative visionary, so a lot of people say that about you. Yeah, Your podcast, by the way, which everybody yeah. should listen to. Yeah. We'll plug it again later, but it is called That's So Retrograde. Mm-hmm. I did an episode recently. It's with you and Elizabeth Cod, who's also been on the pod. Yes, it's really great. It's a very popular podcast. It's a health and wellness podcast, you guys. So check it out. It's a wealth and hellness, as I ref- never no, Indeed, I it that. is. I mean, but kind of. You know what I mean, though. Yes. So the story. We'll get right into it. Um, how are you, Steph? Before we get into it, because I like to do a little personal moment before we go into it. Well, I'm pretty tired. I feel, you know, you've really coerced me into doing this. Yeah, okay, that's not a truth. You're going to go on the record. I intended 100% on keeping doing them by myself like I've been doing. And then, and then you like, said, Please. I'll do your podcast if you really want when I come back from the show. I'm like, uh, okay. And then I'm like, okay, let's do it now. You're like, uh, Nashville starting. So, so literally, you just turned it into, is it what you're like in relationships? You just turned it into me coercing you when you refused to even do it for a show you were able to pause. <laughs> <laughs> Truth is what your, your wrist friends. says. There's a tattoo on your wrist that says truth. Let's keep it 100 on that. All your friends who listen to this podcast and fans are going to respond with, Seth and Ben are so funny as a couple, and then I'm gonna have to sh- <laughs> off to myself. <laughs> wow, is that is that yeah. bleak of a prospect? I'm you know, I just like to give you. As shit. she just cuddled up against me on the couch. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, I first had to watch Empire, then I had to watch Nashville. Empire's, I love it because, and I love it. And Tetraji is an old friend of mine, and she's a sweet human being, and I will keep watching it. But it's getting a little soapy. It's just a little repetitive with the plots, I think. Yeah, I mean, to me, the last week on Earth I mean, is it's Nashville. It's it is Empire. Post. It is the path on Hulu. It is all these things. What is? The last week on Earth. It's basically just about what TV oh, shows. Absolutely, I'm anything that happened during the last week. I mean. We're not going to focus entirely on your television viewing habits, but... We can I was just saying, you were asking who I was, so I was saying, like, catch up on... What, during your last week? Yeah, I'm caught up on my TV, so I'm, like, pretty excited about it. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's the main two shows you're watching? Are you watching anything else? Mm, the Path I'm watching, which is really good. Are you watching that? Never heard of it. What is it? It's Aaron Paul's new show on Hulu. Love him. And it's, like, about... um kind of, like, a religious organization that's loosely based in Scientology, but it's... They're not saying that, but it just raises a lot of interesting questions about belief and, like, community, and it's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. I would like to watch it. It's a drama, obviously. Yes. Cool. Aaron Paul is so good. Very good. Who knew? I think he's going to be somebody. Aaron Paul, of course, of course, from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Played, uh, what's, what's the character's name? I'm much better remembering character's name. Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Um, all right, so the story is, there's a crazy wildfire happening here in Canada, 
Uh, pretty close to where we are, CBC News reports the Canadian authorities are evacuating tens of thousands of residents in Alberta as a massive wildfire is raging, is uh, raging around Fort McMurray, the capital of the country's oil sands region. 80,000 people were forced to flee the city uh, just yesterday as the 6,500-acre blaze, and probably again today it's still going out of control, um, destroyed homes in Alberta. It's really fucked up, apparently. And here in Edmonton, officials were scrambling to prepare for arrival of 20,000 refugees. I think it's... Uh, Dino, Dino at the club was saying it was more like 80,000 people. And apparently Maybe a by couple... today it is. Yeah, and apparently a couple left right before the show started because they gotten word that their house was on fire. Because it's like two hours from here. Jeez. Which I think is... They were at the club being like, that can't be true. And I was like, it is pretty crazy to drive two hours to a Wednesday show. But who knows? I mean, I feel like two hours in rural Canada. Flies by. Yeah. Except when everybody's going the other way to escape a fire. Yeah, it's a really Luckily, no up. lives have been taken by this fire thus far and hopefully won't happen at all. They're uh, going to find out tomorrow what started it probably, which will be interesting. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that the amount of time on fire forensics it takes? Well, to- they can't. Find that they can't go to the source of the fire until it's out, and they can't put it out because it's so big. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Nine air tankers, more than a dozen helicopters were deployed to battle the fire. So hopefully they get that shit down. I guess it's common that they get fires around around this time of year, but never this. This big. is the biggest one in like yeah forever. It's the biggest evacuation in the city uh, ever. Or like in like a hundred years, something like that. I don't have that part of the article pasted in front of me. But um, Lemonade, before we get and talk about Trump, of course, Uh, and what's happening there. Lemonade. Yes. Beyonce, do it again. She dropped it on the world. She, on our head, she just drops these secret albums. Beyonce, Beyonce. Beyonce, you don't say. Can I just play a little bit right now? But she does say, sure. Let's see. Dropped her, her, her bitter relationship Revenge Which on Jay Z cheating on her album. Um, anyone, anyone, except that one. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was trying to whisper in the your face. Featuring Kendrick Lamar. Freedom. It's, it's distorting a lot. How's it doing? Is that? there a part of the song that sounds better and sounds less horrible? Is that, Why is it? This thing that? is distorting like cray. Is Did you spill some water in your speakers? <laughs> Does this still work, that old trick? Like to get a Nintendo the game Nintendo to work? Trick. Anyways, it worked guys, on Nintendo. Buy, buy lemonade, because it's the truth. It really is pretty I, good. I so what do you say. think about what she did? And I wish you would like lie back down, because of audio levels, really I'm afraid tired. of you being too... Really? Tired. Yeah, because I was laying down. Should, like we, should I get up? It's okay. Right. See every time okay, let's get up then. Get up. I need you not yawning through the podcast for crying out um, loud. It's only fucking 1120. It's 1220, huh? It's 1220. It's an hour ahead. And I have radio. I'm being picked up for radio in six and a half hours. I'm on three and a half hours sleep. So you you could struggle. Stop putting me on your schedule. That's a good point. Like, you need what you need to do to feel good, and I need to do what I need to do to feel good. So That's a good point. But you slept the amount that you said you need to sleep, eight hours. But I'm still tired from being up at at 7 a.m., and now it's 1230. Whatever. The point is. Is that a long run? Yeah. I guess that's true. What time do you normally go to bed? If I'm up at 7? Yeah. Like nine or ten. 
Oh, really? Damn. Yeah, but I, that's why I usually sleep till like 8 or 9 so I can get my full day in. I guess I just don't know how most humans live. I'm sorry for putting you on my schedule. Yeah. I just meant during the podcast, don't fall asleep. Right, no, that's why I was like, no, that's why I wasn't lying That's down. why I set up. Okay, cool. Glad okay, you said all that. Great. You see, this is the way Steph really and I work through our problems. A married couple. We really are a married couple. Okay. But like, that was advanced communication. Yeah. Because that could have been a fight that would last a married couple a day and a half. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't really, you know, not soon to get married. Right. If you will. All right, so lemonade. What do What's I think about it? Communicate well. Exactly. With? So lemonade. Is this your? Is this you asking me to marry? <laughs> in front of all of the brain trust <laughs> and the holy lord. Yeah. Will you please not fall asleep during the podcast? I can try. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, lemonade. What do you think? So apparently and obviously, it seems Jay Z cheated on Beyonce. Well, and she put this album with multiple tracks, literally criticizing the fact. Just, just calling him out on it, straight up. See, I'm not really choosing to see it like that. I think that Beyonce is an artist, and I don't think that it's as literal as everyone is making it out to be. Whether or not he cheated on her or not, she's definitely aware of the fact that that's what the world is saying. She knows what the rumors are, and I think that she's using her platform as an opportunity to talk about that female experience, and I don't think that it really matters if it's true or not. And I kind of, I don't, I feel like we all need to relax with the, like, full disclosure culture where it's like reality TV culture. We know everything where everything's in the tabloids and everyone's watching it being like, but did he cheat on her? And it's like, can we just enjoy this beautiful work of art? That's a really good point. Before we talk, if we even talk about it, like I don't even care. There's the wellness angle. And I was being guilty there. I'm still going to talk about it again in a second, but I was being guilty of what I often criticize. And I think it's okay in celebrity news, especially when they put their personal lives out there. But in politics, we do it now all the time. We literally, all we, all they talk about when they get the candidates on interview them is about the dramas in the campaign and not about even the issues like, trying to save the country. Yeah, that says nothing. It's like literally they're allowed like ten seconds to rent. I want to fix education and jobs and this, but the whole rest of the interview is like, so you said this insult to him. How are you gonna respond to that? What about this person doing this thing at your rally? It's all about the fucking bullshit. Yeah. So that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, I but didn't even it's pretty care. clear that he, he cheated on her because also of the mysteriously released. Elevator video. Whoever releases an elevator video yeah, I mean, of Solange beating the shit out of him. I mean, so yeah. So do that and then say you're going to lose your wife and but throw again, the ring out. Again, what if, but what if they have an understanding or they have an arrangement? Like, the Solange elevator video, we don't know what was said. What if... What if, okay, say it is true, say he fucked somebody else. What if what Solange is mad about is that, like, he embarrassed her by letting that information become public, but not that he actually did it? Like, we have true. no idea what happened in that elevator, what was said. We're Strong just responding point. to what visually she could we have just been drunk and maybe be pissed that he flirted with somebody. Yeah, who fucking knows? We have no idea. We're all just drawing these conclusions. It's like, I didn't even care that Bill Clinton got his dick sucked. I'm just like... No, I didn't care either. I mean, clearly Hillary wasn't doing yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> like, clearly she didn't fucking care either. Right. So She's, I just think that... They're still together and very happy. We shouldn't... We shouldn't set norms for other, for people, other people for how they needed to run their lives and relationships. Exactly, and like, whatever Beyonce and Jay-Z have is working out for both of them on some level, so... I don't, I think that it's beautiful and it's empowering because there are some women out there who go through that and need to hear those things and feel like a badass and feel strong and feel like connected to those ideas. And I think that's what a great artist does. They don't just necessarily talk about their personal experience, even if they are tapping into it. Right, they're if she's also, ever been cheated on, she can still write a lyric yeah, saying you're going to lose your wife. They're also tapping into like the mass consciousness and that's really what 
what's happening with that. That's and true. it's more than just a female video. You know, it's it's has there's a lot of like Black Lives Matters themes in it. I mean, Trayvon Martin's mom. The is in, album, you mean? Yeah. yeah is or in, the whole vi- visual album. The whole visual Trayvon album. Trayvon Martin's mom is in it. A lot of a lot, a lot of, of the, moms, the moms of these of the yeah kids who've been killed by police officers and just yeah, been like victims of innocent black kids violence in in city situations. So I don't know. I feel I really don't give a shit about their personal but drama. then what about also do, don't you have to admit though some element of it with them is likely that they're also just manipulating the media and they're doing what trump does so brilliantly definitely i mean they're brilliant like, at they, public right maybe they release the elevator video they plan this album yeah. maybe maybe he, and that's why jay-z appears in the end of the album too in the video yeah in this real humble way he's like in bed and like holding her foot and like like kind of kowtowing to her a little bit and kissing her on the forehead and like showing that he's trying to make it up to her he's not like i don't know i see and then now says he says he's going to come out with a retaliation album uh not retaliation a response album telling his side of the story so maybe that's he said that yeah just just today i heard that well it's kind of funny that you interpreted him being in the video as like kowtowing because well i read that in in a review of it so i'm taking the idea from a daily beast review i read see because i didn't look at it like that i looked at it as you know that idea hit my head from it or i I, right I just saw it as them coming it together, like, as a unit. Like, I didn't see him in a position of weakness or a position of, like, begging for forgiveness. I just saw it as, like, right. it, I think it's, like, the redemption or the forgiveness part of, of the story where it's, like... We're going to move on. We're and just I in love, love and we love each other. Where she was, like, and if there is a chance we're going to redeem this, it's going to be great and strong and yeah. brilliant and interesting and fun. That was so cool. I yeah. Loved, I loved I love Lemonade. It's really amazing. It's actually. so beautiful. It's pretty amazing, and it's visually gorgeous for sure. And even just listening to it, like, now that I have the album downloaded because I bought it off iTunes. Mm, um, I have to buy it. Yeah. I was like, I am on a tight budget, but Lemonade is in alignment with my higher purpose, so I have to I have to spend money on it. Putting dudes on blast. Just who living in you. truth. What's tattooed on your wrist? Yep. You know it. I like that. Donald Trump. Oh, God. Um, it seems, holy Lord, even though I'm not super sad because of the theory earlier I mentioned that maybe it's just time the Republican Party, as Saturday Night Live brilliantly satirized, said when Romney was chastising Trump, how dare you say out loud what we've been implying for years? Maybe they just need a the modern Republican Party, the way it's, the establishment has corrupted it, to become literally this farcical organization that just opposes human rights and opposes everything that seems to help people that need it and are just about the bottom line only. Look, I'm all for capitalism, but it's not only about making money. You should be, you should be able to, to be a capitalist. I, I thought the other day that I would define myself, like not compassionate conservative like George W. Bush says. I'd define myself probably as, as like a compassionate capitalist. Like, I'm down to make as much money as you can fucking become a billionaire after you're doing it where the people that are are, are your labor force are making a living wage. Mm-hmm. Then make all the fucking money you want. So well, I digress wait. to that. But the point can being... Can I ask a question? Yeah, please. With all of Trump's businesses, does he not take care of the workers? Is it a shitty situation? No, there's mixed reports. I mean, nobody's saying he's like a slumlord overall, but like in his Mar-a-Lago hotel in Florida... Um, he has a lot of seasonal workers, many of them who are illegal immigrants, ironically, because he's the one who wants to build the wall. And the ones that have been hired just for the season, because apparently you can't get local people to want to do those jobs, they've been illegals. And they're only hired for, for the... But I think his conditions are fine. I have a theory about Trump. Yeah. Which is that if he... 
wins the presidency, he's going to, like, come out of left field and put all these, like, really progressive people in certain positions. I think that he's pandering, I think, in a lot of ways to the Republican Party. Like, when he talks about his views on gay rights or his views on abortion or his views on this, like, I don't think that he gives a flying fuck about those social issues. I think he is a real economic president. I mean, that's that's his position. So I, I feel like with social issues, like... We're definitely safer in those hands than like a Ted Cruz oh, or someone for that sure. actually for sure. in that way, feels, Ted Cruz was worse. Yeah, right. like those people who like take the social issues to to be something that they need to like tackle and change. Like I don't understand candidates who are like, let's reverse abortion. It's like we already fucking talked about this sixty years ago. Let's move on to things that are relevant and like important now that actually have to do with like progression and like consciousness expansion, not going back in history and changing a law that was already agreed upon. Like, I feel like it'll be really funny if he does become president to see who he puts in his cabinet and what it looks like. Guaranteed it'll be a mixed bag of Republicans and Democrats. Oh, for sure it'll be that. But it's also a good chance it's like Rodman and, and, and Dennis like Rodman. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would be... <laughs> the all-star cabinet featuring right. Donald Trump. I mean, it's it's all like Celebrity Apprentice people, you know what I mean? It's like all the people he fired from his boardroom, he already had them in a boardroom, he just brings them back. That's really funny. I mean, I think he would I think he would work with, like, even Hillary and shit. That's, I'm talking about high-level, like, p- politicians. I really... Oh, yeah, but would they work with him? Well... Maybe, I mean, she went to his... Uh, he went... She went to his... Wedding, so they have a long-standing They're relationship. Old yeah. They are old friends, and this whole don't go thing, to someone's wedding you're not friends with. That's the for sure. whole politics thing is just like we're. It's the same thing with lemonade. It's like we're watching this fucking play, and we're like, this is what's happening. We think we know, but we literally know nothing, and we're just drawing conclusions. It's true. It's true. I mean, I was just thinking that too. It's like so, so much of, and that's what I try to do with the podcast we did last week when I interviewed conservative Tommy Lahren from The Blaze from Glenn Beck's network and and the progressive Jenk Uger from The Young Turks and the complete opposite spectrum. We had a 15-minute conversation and agreed. I got us all to see eye to eye on, on, you know, three or four major topics. We're not as polarized as this ratings-driven culture makes us seem. It's right. all about the gossip and the bullshit and the personal stories and the personal lives. It's like sensationalism. We keep it's total. It's insane. And we've, like, sold our souls to it completely. Yeah, and we all... And then social media takes it further and, like, hypnotizes us away from even caring about it for too long. You look at it on the news for a second, it's like, oh, shit, Trump's going to be president? Let me post my own funny, weird shit. Let me look at my likes on Instagram. Let me look at Twitter, some mindless bullshit, you know? But, like, everyone with a... Fun- the thing with social media is that everyone has a fucking mouthpiece, and it's so annoying. It like, is. A nobody. Little, but I find, like, most people, except for occasionally people who feel the need to have their, their voice heard more than it needs to be. This is, I don't mean needs to. Everybody should speak all they want. But I mean, like, it's talking constantly without thought into what topics they're covering and what they're bringing to the conversation. Other than those people, I generally find people are pretty funny or interesting and have... Yeah, no, but I'm I'm kind of talking about the political thing where it's like it's fueling the fire where like I feel like I look at my political my political my my Facebook feed, for example, or like my Twitter feed. And it's just like from every angle, it's creating so much fucking chaos and so much fighting. And it's, it's like when they're opposing Trump and they're opposing what he's doing, they end up kind of speaking in that same tone or like facilitating that same energy of of aggression and negativity and it's like you're just 
you're just playing into the whole thing. And it's like, true. I think I bad. said at one point that I wanted to punch Trump in the face. And yeah. it's like, people are criticizing him being encouraging violence. And then rallies. you're doing that. And I'm saying, I want to punch him just to show him he can't make people punch people. Like, it's literally. <laughs> it literally is what I thought. Yeah. It's literally dividing my family. Like, my dad is a Trump supporter and it's crazy to me. At first it was like really crazy to me. And I was like, he's a wow. psycho. He's a whatever. And I like, like wouldn't look at his Facebook or whatever. Then I talked to him about it and I was like, okay, I kind of understand like where he's coming from, whatever. That's his point what of view. What was his main point? It's completely, he feels, I don't even want to get into it, but it's basically just like his main point is that the whole political system is fucked and they right. need a new person to come in and just like, mix it up and he speaks about it obviously with more information because he's really involved but and i'm just like okay i hear what you're saying but and i'm giving him all the points of why it's a bad idea it doesn't matter he's gonna have his beliefs i'm gonna have mine there's no reason to like get into it but he posts something on facebook and then my cousin posts something and then my dad posts something and then it's like then they're fighting then it's like it's creating this like huge war in my family and i'm just like so you think we're fighting jerry i think we're finally talking Rod Tidwell to Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. Love that. You know? Yeah. Maybe it's not That's fighting. A great Maybe quote. some people just like to talk louder. Yeah, but then someone accused my dad of like supporting like Nazis and like Trump well, is a Nazi and I'm he's just not like, a Nazi, but he definitely is not he's not hairpin trigger quick at like denouncing white supremacists and sometimes retweets them. So that's pretty Does crazy. he? Yeah. He reached. He claims he did it by accident, but like the guy's handle is like at White's Rule for <laughs> forever, you know, sixty nine. I mean, it's literally the greatest comedy of our time. It's if unbelievable. Trump, if Trump becomes president, but yeah, but I mean, so 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 maybe so Trump. They're saying, of course, it's like the death of the Republican Party as we know it. But in some ways, at least, maybe it's like a come to Jesus moment because the one thing he is good that the Republican Party typically isn't is he does seem a bit. Except for abortion, which he used to be very pro-choice, he does seem a bit like more liberal in his heart on that stuff. And it seems like the whole Republican Party is this monolithic block would just oppose all of these things that like common sense would dictate. You should allow people to it's so get birth control backwards. covered by by your health insurance. Yeah, that's just a part of. It also regulates women's health. It's not just about preventing pregnancy anyway, but. Well, also, it's funny, like, the thing that you said about the death of the Republican Party, as we know, it's also, like, in this on the same token, but on the opposite side, it would be, like, Bernie would be the exact same thing for the Democratic. Like, both, that's what I think so is so... They're both two populist anger candidates. Yeah, but what's so interesting is, like, it's both representative of, like, the end of an era in a certain regard of, like, a political system that's just, like, no longer serving us. You're so right, and we're going to get to that in a second. In, in Twitter answers, we talk a lot, where a lot of people have things to say about that specifically, but it really is true. It's just no longer serving us. I think it's almost a phrase. And I think uses. we're kind of living like if I took us as like a personal experience out of the whole thing and like look and was like, oh, human history. And we kind of like looked at it on a timeline. I feel like our lifespan would be represented by like a, the transitional period of like from one from one kind of experience to like the, what's in the future, which is a more like aware, more conscious experience of human of human evolution but we like you have to cross the bridge to get to the other side yeah. and we're like the living we're like the generational bridge for like you know 100 or 200 maybe more years but like really we from, have to there has to be a catalyst to change and unfortunately it doesn't just happen you have to like live through true. it and sometimes crazily you have to hit rock bottom to get there as mm -hmm. many 
alcoholics and drug addicts learn in recovery, they often say you don't ever get clean until you hit your rock bottom. Hopefully, and some people can reform themselves before getting to that place. And that really is sort of where we're at too. It's sort of like Bernie's like the candidate representing, you know, we can change these things in like a serious way and a drastic way and have a political revolution that's peaceful and that's about helping and rising. If we all come together. Rising each other up, if we all come together. And then Trump is more divisive and he doesn't really know what he's doing, even though he also hates some of the bullshit and the red tape and is sick of the politics as usual in Washington that is literally just self-interested people not trying to govern, but they're trying to protect their own jobs. Yeah. It's literally all they seem to be caring about. And we'll address that in a second, too, with term limits and Twitter answers. But um, good chance, like I've predicted that, God forbid, and if Trump, God forbid, does become president, I'm, I'm just joking, let the universe know it's a joke, but I gave like the over-under if Trump became president six months before World War III. And I don't mean it for real. But sort of I do. I mean, he's completely inexperienced. That's the biggest problem with him. He's just completely inexperienced as a politician and right. a statesman. But and he has no ability to not insult people and that kind of stuff on the world stage. Think about how much we love the drama here in America, here in our, in our celebrities and our politicians. You say that shit to Putin? Say that's not some insult? Or to Kim Jong-un, who has missiles that can actually reach California now yeah. and nukes on them, you could have World War III very easily. I mean, yeah, obviously that's very scary. But also the other thing that the American political system is designed against tyranny. So, you know, the checks and balances. Like, it, there's always – it's not like he's going to – the president doesn't have, like, the final say on everything. Except Obama's really expanded the president's ability to use executive authority. And if Congress is gridlocked and can't do shit, and if they're Republican Congress anyway, and they want to support if he wins, and then... Yeah, but they don't even like him. And then like the Supreme him. Court doesn't even have a ninth person. They're totally gridlocked themselves now for the first time. Oy. So it's like the president has more power now than ever. It's almost an inflection point where it could really go in a bad way. I really want Obama to just stay. I know that'd be nice. He's the third the term, fucking coolest he's the greatest. I love him so greatest. much. Meeting him was one of the coolest moments. It was like meeting Jesus. That is so. And cool. I know that sounds ridiculous, and anybody who's on the podcast listening, that's more conservatively, and he's going to say, "See, I told you he loves Obama." Listen, I do. I like him very much, and I think he's made a lot of mistakes too, and has not had a very consistent foreign policy. But I think he's he's been a a noble leader. He's been a a ambitious leader. He's tried very hard for what he believes is right for the country. He's done a lot of good for people. So yes, I like him a lot. And if you listen to him Mark Marin or watch him on comedians oh, as far as getting coffee, both. you're just like, oh, this is the coolest. He's person. just a great. It's a really yeah. cool, normal dude. It has nothing to do with his was, politics. It was at a time when, after eight years of George W. Bush, where he was this guy that was such a negative force on the world and imposing freedom on people through murder, which is like freedom's a great idea. I think overall, like, that's another thing I was thinking earlier today. Like, the politics doesn't really talk honestly about both sides. It's like, to George W. Bush's defense, and we were talking a minute ago, you and I, about how charming he is, how nice of a person he seems like he is. I don't think it's as demagogue either. He wasn't some horrible, evil guy either. Really, what was just done was the public was misled as to the cause of the war in Iraq. It was never about weapons of mass destruction. They told that to us to sell it to us. It was about imposing what the Bush-Cheney agenda was called the freedom agenda. They had a vision that the only way you can ever get past this inflection point that you're talking about in history and become more evolved is by forcing the Middle East to be free, Mm. by imposing freedom, saying there can be no more of these fucked up repressive dictatorships where people don't get a vote. 
and don't get their voice expressed. And they decided to do it by forcing some big experiment. Which is so ironic because you can't do that. But maybe you can. I mean, there are times when force has to stop evil forces. I see. We had to stop Hitler with force. You know what I mean? No, but so, you can't force. You can't be like, here's your freedom. Now fucking take it. Right. But to some degree, if he's a brutal dictator, you can. You know, we've done it in times when it's important in other, in other aspects. Hitler being a great example. You know, so... And then it, and then the Arab Spring sprung up because of that. Maybe, arguably, a lot of the, the governments in different countries in the Arab world started to rise up people on their own, being like, oh, wow, if Iraq now, so maybe we can rise up and overthrow more dictatorships. So in some way, maybe it was a trigger for that. So it's not some, like, horrible, the horrible crime is all the innocent Iraqi civilians who died by doing it very sloppily with horrible collateral damage. You know, hundreds of thousands of them. Like, isn't that insane? Mm-hmm. Like, the perspective, again, of the planet and of a human life's worth is like, as we should be completely outraged that that 4,000 roughly of our citizens were killed on 9-11 and we killed accidentally, largely, collateral damage in Iraq, like 200,000 innocent Iraqis. How is that not a far worse crime against humanity unless it really is for some rare historical necessity to impose, and they, they say in history that's why the Iraq war in, in overall was very bad, was that it was not... He was not the clear and present biggest danger to the planet. His people in Iraq were pretty much happy. He ran the country well, and it was sort of like score settling from other things a lot of people think. And Well, that's, I think, definitely true. They use these, like, they kind of use, like, morality as a manipulation tool in order to tap other things. Right, I mean, Saddam tried to kill George W. Bush's father, H.W. Yeah. Bush, and... and you know, just all that kind of stuff. And then, so then, this week, well, briefly, I wasn't even going to touch on this story, but it's very important now that we covered it for a second, was the cover story on the week right here that was just, you know, barely talked about in the news. It pretty much seems like it has come out that the Saudi government, super wealthy Saudis, and parts, certain officials in the Saudi government knew about 9-11, were complicit in it, funded some of the hijackers. What? Helped them get an apartment in San Diego and they were doing flight training, gave them $130,000 wired. And George W. Bush met with the guy two days after 9-11. Met with, met with one of the high-ups in the... Here it is, met with uh, Prince Bandar of uh, Saudi Arabia two days after. And, and if you remember, right after 9-11, when all American flights were grounded, the only ones that were, that were allowed to leave the country, like all of our... Of our Air Force and everything was was assigned to help the Saudi royal family get out of the country. What? I don't remember that. Yeah. And it was mentioned barely in, in the news when that happened, but I remember it. And now it's coming out. There was 28 pages of the inquiry, the official 9-11 inquiry, that have been redacted and blocked since the uh, since 2002 when the report came out. And those, through leaks that just came out of those 28 pages, they say that they, they, they knew and did all those things. And both Bush and Obama, talking about that blurred line, talking about how, I still need just that Jesus comment because I don't want to get shit for that. What I meant was simply, he was this transformational leader yeah. that was leading an inspiration that inspired me in a huge, huge way. It was like meeting John F. Kennedy or something. And I got to meet him and shake his hand. Literally, it was just like, it was a, it was a very powerful presence and cool moment for me. But, um, and then I messed with them because I'm a comedian and I asked them something fucked up that, not that fucked up though. It's kind of funny. It's on YouTube. Anyway, just Google Glebe with guests. You'll see it. Me, me fucking with Hillary Clinton too and John McCain because I'm bipartisan. But to the very important point I was making, so, um, Obama and Bush both blocked 
the release of these 28 pages. Interesting. I wonder why Obama blocked them. And I was reading about Obama's legacy in the Atlantic. It's an amazing story. It interviews him over the course of like the last four or five years of his presidency. He's talking about stuff he never talked about when they asked about, so is Saudi Arabia our ally or not? And Obama said, it's complicated. And they're supposed to be our great ally. Damn. So, I mean, shit's changing in many ways, you know, and shit's coming out. And Obama just visited there as well. Um, so the fact that I don't understand how instantly this isn't a huger story and how instantly we are, we are no longer allies with Saudi Arabia. If they were complicit in perpetrating the worst terrorist attack in the history of our nation. Yeah, that's fucked up. So that's fucking crazy. Well, I think everyone at this point <clears throat> has kind of come to terms with the fact that like 9-11 wasn't just like some un, un, I don't know the correct word. Out of nowhere? Yeah, like everyone I think knows on some level that people on the inside knew that it was going to happen. I don't think or everyone knew that, knows. I think every, that's very not accepted fact. Oh, really? Like this, no, that's just, doc, that's just conspiracy documentaries that have some interesting convincing points in them. And it's, I just and, think it's, that and, there's, it's nine, and it's a Fahrenheit 911 Michael Moore's movie, but... But now it looks more and more like it's I've true. I've always been like, well, yeah, of course. Every great terror in history has been corroborated by the government in some regard. I mean, so that really even there, Even, oof. like, assassinations and all that shit. Like, I believe right. that that's, that's all supported by, like, a chain of people and a chain of events. And right, they didn't check the windows of that book suppository where the president was going to be walking in a, in a motorcade? You know, they should have yeah, known. Yeah, of course. Like... I mean, I don't want not to get to Alex Jones on everybody here. I mean, I'm but, never going to become a conspiracy theorist. I just accept like, that, like, things are not as they wow. seem in the fucked up world that we live in. This is so interesting to have you here on the pod talking because you have this angle of people's more consciousness and the motivations behind them more than I sometimes do. And then mm-hmm. and, and the whole wellness and consciousness angle. It's almost crazily paralleling what we just talked about again with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Maybe they planned all these steps, releasing the elevator video, then this album, then Jay-Z's response album to Lemonade, all as like a marketing ploy to make themselves even bigger. Think about it. What if the Saudi royal family, who's always been tight with the Bush family, and, and, and Dick Cheney concocted this plan to accomplish a bunch of domino effect stuff that they wanted to do to change the world with for what maybe for what they thought was the better but also in really nefarious fucked up ways what if they literally met in the woods when bush went walking in the woods holding hands with the crown prince of saudi arabia or whatever said here's what we're gonna do we're gonna plan a terrorist attack in your country you're gonna hugely react to that, of course, because the whole nation will be on your no, side. No, first you're going to finish reading the children's book that you were reading right. and just blink your Sit eyes there for like seven a minutes sociopath. Because he knew it was all going down. Yeah. Because, he, because that's the argument Michael Moore always made is if you didn't know it was coming, you hear you're under attack, you get up, excuse yourself from the kids in 10 seconds. Yeah, we said his excuse was he didn't want to startle the kids. Well, so you don't startle them. You say, you say I have president sorry, business. I have to go. Got some, pre- I think got some president business, guys. Is that George Bush is a bad actor. So maybe he's just a really bad dude in the end. If you're no, complicit I think he's in the, honestly, in the, in the, in the terrorist up, attack of millions you know of your like, citizens. And I'm not saying this is true. We're just speculating, no, of course. You know what he's like? But, go ahead. He's like, he's like people who are raised in a religion that we all view as strange or weird, like a Scientology or like Mormonism or something that is odd. And the beliefs are things that the general public is like, what the fuck? He grew up in a political family in this, where people functioned like that. 
So to him, that's just like the way that it is. Think about it. Like his father was the president. His his all, everyone around him grew up in this world. So we don't blame someone who grew up in a religion. We're not like you're a fucking idiot. We're just like oh. I think you still have morality. You still know right from wrong if you're not raised to be a sociopath. Right. Okay. I'm just saying he's. I don't think he's a bad person. But let me just finish piecing together with that. He's a uh, ignorant person. Ignorant, manipulated, and used. Yeah. As a pawn to yeah. be the sp- spokesperson for Dick Cheney's plan. And evil there's plan. a reason why. I don't doubt it's more Cheney probably if it's Jeb. true. Because he was more charming, more manipulatable, and more, more moldable. Yeah. Right. They use them for specific purpose. But so if that's true, God forbid. But it's crazy. Almost sounds like it makes sense. The Saudis are like, we're going to do nine eleven. You guys are going to get to launch your big war. You're going to be able to take out Saddam Hussein. You overreact. You go to you go to Iraq. You get back. You'll take out this dictator that we both have hated. Mm-hmm. Right. Then um, your freedom can maybe spread through the Middle East, and we'll embrace it or not stop it. And you'll get to see if you can impose democracy in the Middle East, and literally using the planet as like pawns. But maybe if it's for for a long term, does bring about that consciousness shift that we need i mean because where do you draw that line then we're getting real deep in the weeds now about the the philosophy behind it and the morality behind it but but where do you draw the line of when violence is okay like in stopping a hitler versus in a situation like this these oppressive fucked up murderous regimes i mean there's no doubt Bashar al-assad in syria killed his own people as did saddam back in the day i mean i just think that it's never look we're just not at, at like an evolved place as people to like understand how to create, how to have a catalyst for change that doesn't involve like violence at this point, unfortunately. So I think that what you're saying is, is, is could be very true. Like, I don't know. The Saudis have a lot of fucking money yeah. and money talks in a That's major, they, they have a lot of money too. and they have a lot of natural resources and a lot of untapped shit globally that like they have control over like when right. i everyone was living in london they all the saudi people that hung out like in the richer part of london all had like three hundred thousand dollar cars all yeah, of them yeah. and they just like stacked up and they it's like crazy and i and it's the wealth that we literally cannot comprehend trump can comprehend this maybe he'll, get, he'll at least get us on right. the page with them when that maybe if he becomes president god forbid i don't even think trump has saudi wealth to be honest with you I mean, if he does have the billions, he says, and he does, but, maybe, but, but he probably maybe doesn't. Because now he's saying he'd have to sell hotels to be able to keep financing his campaign the rest of the time. But in this article, it said, too, That's like that Kanye saying he's broke. Reason, they just want other people to fucking pay their way. Right, when Kanye's saying he's <laughs> yeah. broke. That's it's the like, most unbelievable okay, bullshit. No one's going to give you money, dude. Yeah, it's hilarious. How about just borrow some from your wife? How about just... Your wife is one of the richest people on the planet. Yeah, just, well, yeah. then she tweeted that thing, like, LOL, just deposited $50 million into our joint account. Did she? Yeah, they're also... They're another couple who's a fucking charade on the well, public stage. that's a big-time charade right there, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that one's a charade. I yeah. Because we talk, we've even heard rumors like that Kanye's gay, or I've heard that yeah. for years. I mean, the whole thing could be manufactured, if that's true. That's I maybe mean, why he got so freaked out when when uh, when Amber Rose called him out on the plane up in that booty situation. He does He's like, love oh, it. I don't want anybody hearing anything about my ass, because that's one step away from yeah, but I also, shit being I revealed, also, both literally and figuratively. I also oh, hate so it gross. when like straight males act like it's not okay for them to like butt stuff because in the Kama Sutra it's like totally okay. Yeah, listen. We all have the same body parts. That's all I'll say on that. Um, <laughs> but let me say, uh, I mean not all the same but some of the ones that are the same are the same. Yeah, well, that, that sure makes sense. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, someone's elbow's an elbow. Women elbows aren't different than man elbows. I don't know. I don't know. 
Look, compare elbows right now. So, so at this last paragraph of the article, um, you know, it's weird that little part at the bottom of your elbow, you can squeeze you, as hard as you, you can, you can't like, feel it. So yeah. crazy. I love that. Why don't this make our whole body out of that skin? <laughs> <laughs> so the last paragraph of this article, right, in, on, of, the, of the article in the week, Saudi Arabia was it complicit in 9-11. Sure, read the last paragraph. It's exactly what you were just saying. Okay, Saudi Arabia was it complicit in 9-11. So why do we continue to consider the Saudis allies? Asked Andrew McCarthy in NationalReview.com. Not only was... Where? Riyadh. Riyadh. Not only was Riyadh obviously Riyadh complicit in 9-11, the House of Saud continues to spend billions of dollars promoting Wahhabism, a repressive fundamentalist interpretation of Islam that has inspired Islamic extremism and jihadist violence. It is time for Washington to stop running interference for the Saudis while the Saudis run interference for the jihadists. Right. That wasn't the paragraph I wanted you to read. My mistake. Oh. Sorry. But... But that's another interesting point there, too. It's like, why are we running interference people that are killing our own citizens? That's unbelievable. Like, why is this not an outrage? Why are we talking only about Trump's latest insult? And he said, Lion Ted again. Here's the part. Check this out. Obama has strongly opposed the. Le- okay, so the reason this came out is that. I'll just read you this a little bit more of the, of the of part right here. Okay, so Congress. Okay, I'll start right there. Um, start from the beginning. It's very important. As President Obama visits Saudi Arabia this week, his hosts are still dodging an uncomfortable question, said Mark Mazzetti in the New York Times. Did wealthy Saudis and perhaps even officials of the Saudi government provide critical support for the 9-11 attacks? A 2002 congressional inquiry found evidence that Saudi officials in the U.S. helped fund and support some of the 19 hijackers, 15 of whom were Saudis. But the pertinent 20 They were? Yes. I had no idea. But the pertinent 28-page section of the inquiry's final report has never been made public on orders of both Presidents Bush and Obama. Congress is now considering a bipartisan bill that would allow victims' families to sue Saudi Arabia for its role in the attacks. Obama has strongly opposed the legislation, arguing that it might enable other nations to take legal action against our own diplomats. Riyadh, meanwhile, has warned that the bill would force them to suddenly sell up to $750 billion worth of U.S. Treasury securities, like you said, to prevent them from being frozen by U.S. courts. So they're threatening, oh, you're going to sue us for conducting a terrorist attack on your land? Fine, we'll pull a trillion dollars out of your economy and crash your economy. Yeah, they can't. Fuck. That's why Obama won't let the records get released, because he knows what... what the implications of that are. That's so insane, right? Yeah. So talk about what tangled webs we weave and how the truth is. You don't hear about any of this on the news. Do you know what's really fucked up? The too? news is just complete fluff. Is that like Iraqis? That's why Larry Wilmore was was great at the at the correspondence dinner. Oh, what? my mom told me I needed to watch that. It's crazy. Um, my TV wouldn't let me DVR it. It was so weird. Um, but what I was going to say was that it's so fucked up that like Iraqis and like. People from Iran are, like, being, like, fucking literally targeted as people who are terrorists when they're not. When it was people from Saudi Arabia. Right. Right. It's mostly Saudi. And not that you should target people from Saudi Arabia. Obviously, that's wrong, too. But it's like... But you do have to go where the killers are. Yeah. Like, the shade that gets thrown at the wrong people because the news media, like makes that makes it about that is like really fucked up like i would be fine Life with sensationalism what listen to lemonade right i would be fine with sensationalism it was actually based in like fact like we should be enraged as a culture we should be fucking mad that this shit is going down yeah we really but should. we should be mad at the right people and we right. should be empowered 
in the correct ways that we can actually do something. If we're being fed nonsense and we're just continuously being distracted and like digesting the wrong stuff, like how is that productive? What would really be productive right. is if we knew the, knew the truth. And, and look, I understand why that's why politics is fucked up because money is wrapped up in all of it and they really right. could screw us over. And that's what Bernie and Sanders that's why I was, big, yes. big thing is, wants to get the money out of politics yeah. to overturn Citizens United. And like I said from the beginning, why I'm a Bernie supporter, and it's sad that it looks like his path is like really disappearing, even though it's now more likely that the Democrats are now for a broker convention than the Republicans suddenly. Because yeah. Trump's a presumptive nominee now. But that, if, if even if he can't, even if some of the details of making college free don't happen, making healthcare free for everybody doesn't happen, if he can just do those two things, it's a chance to restart our democracy in a great way without having to hit that rock bottom. I loved how he was like, there's literally no reason why Wall Street isn't bailing us, like bailing certain people out. Like, why, why would they... We like ba- the the citizens bailed out right. the huge corporation. I had an idea during. Why wouldn't they pay it back? Right. It makes complete sense. Well, no, the corporations did pay the money back to the government. Yeah, but not, but not to, to the, the people. So, yeah, that was an idea that I had right when the financial collapse happened. I wrote an article about it, and I was like, okay, so we're gonna bail out all the banks that gave these shitty mortgages out, right? The mortgages ended up people having their homes foreclosed upon, ended up being homeless, ended up being, yeah. I don't know what to do. Their lives ruined, which didn't ruin the lives of the big banks, right? Yeah. So here's my idea. They're gonna give, they gave billions of dollars of bailouts to all these big banks to, to, to make the mortgage-backed security solvent again. Why didn't they just give them that, those billions of dollars to the homeowners? and made them use the money to pay their mortgage, mm-hmm. then the money could have gone to both the people owning the house and the bank, yeah. and you would have helped both. They didn't even give a fuck to give the money to the person needing to make the payment Yeah, because the individual person gets stomped on because systemically the banks was what caused the risk to the economy, which, fine, but this could have done both. They yeah. didn't even consider helping the common man, which, again, is the kind of thing that Bernie wants to do and that Trump doesn't give a shit about. Trump's own company makes all of his ties and shirts in China because it's cheaper there. And then he says we should boycott Apple and boycott and Nabisco or whatever because they're taking their companies elsewhere. You're doing the same thing. So he's just like an it's empty also bubble. Also, like, I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry, but like, the reason why fucking immigration is great is because people who come to this country are still willing to do labor. Americans are fucking lazy. But there shouldn't be immo- there, there shouldn't be illegal immigration. No, it should be a country of laws. But I'm saying you can't be like should come we're going to build walls and keep everyone out. Yeah, it's not some horrible crime that they're coming yeah. here to pick our berries so yeah. we can get to eat berries. Yeah. They're giving us berries essentially. Right. They're coming here being like, "So sorry, I stuck across the border. Would you like some berries?" Yeah. <laughs> we're like, "Fuck you." Here's $5. We have to here's 5 <laughs> bucks and the lights turn green. I got to Yeah, go. I got to go. <laughs> Pineapple? <laughs> Those Mexican fruit trucks Todd Glass so talked good. about it on this podcast and episode with Sarah Weinshank are so good. So good. Oh god. Lifesavers. Um lifesavers are good too. They are indeed. They are good too. You gotta put that chili on that fruit bag though and the, uh, and the I, fucking, did you teach me that? Yeah, I tell you oh, that. the so chili good. and the lime. It's so good. But anyway, so and you know what? So when you do, when life gives you Fruit stuck in hard to reach places, you make berry salad. <laughs> that is. And then listen to lemonade. <laughs> and so it's so weird, Steph. I know this is going to be a short podcast, but we have to keep this all going a little bit longer because it's become this like incredibly intriguing, interesting thing about like really like bringing a lot of the passion back, helping me see much more clearly a lot of the things I've been stuck in a lot of the 
the surface, more surfacey level details of this election even too. It sucks you in. Um, we brought up a second ago the JFK assassination could even be the, 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 could even be maybe there is more credence to the theory the government's involved, right? Hundred percent. But the JFK assassination came up again this week, and you're talking about truth. It's tattooed on your wrist with Cruz dropping out. The day Cruz dropped out, Donald Trump accused. He repeated an unsubstantiated National Enquirer story that accused Ted Cruz's father of knowing Lee Harvey Oswald, the guy that killed. Kennedy. Have you seen the video of Ted Cruz's father? No. He is... Oh, I have. I have. He looks like a, a villain in a Shrek movie. He is pretty intense He is for sure. very scary. It's pretty funny. But, and um, young Ted Cruz is like, I want to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, oh, God. And as somebody in a very funny clip, you guys have to follow at UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of this podcast that gives us all the funny stories for the Thunder Round, all the weird stories, posted a video of Ted Cruz, some dude at an event on his second to last day of his campaign, says, I want to shake your hand. Cruz reaches, shake his hand, he pulls his hand back and goes, too slow, bro. You look like a fish monster. Shut up. It's the funniest clip. I'm like, wait, Cruz said that or the? No, the guy said it too, Cruz. He looks like a fish monster. He really does. He does. It's a great way to describe him. Um, and so, and so Cruz lost his mind on Tuesday, on the day of the Indiana primary. Not lost his mind, but just finally had enough. I don't know why he didn't have enough much earlier and just stopped Trump, but he's being all cozy to him. But he called Trump a pathological liar, a Florida Vinsel, someone speech, called a pathological liar, a serial philanderer, and said that Taking a shot at Trump's fragile ego, quote, there's a reason why Donald builds really high buildings and puts his name on them everywhere he goes. And then got his ass kicked by Trump in the Indiana primary that night by like 20% or more and dropped out. Crazy. And Cruz is out. It's insane. And that, and just two days earlier, I meet the press on Sunday, I saw him saying that He's not going to get the number of delegates needed, 1237, to get the nomination, but neither will Trump. So it will go to a brokered convention, and if Trump doesn't get it on the first vote, the delegates are up for grabs, and that's a viable path. And then two days later, drops out, telling his supporters, I said I would stay that there's a viable path, and I don't think there is one now. So wondering about truth, what is the truth there? I can't understand why he would have dropped out. I mean, I don't know if you watch House of Cards. <laughs> I do. It's one of my favorite shows. But it's really, Every I know episode. it's a fictional show. I, right. I understand that. But I also think that it's very much based in like the way that politics works in a certain way, especially because Kevin Spacey is like really involved in making other documentaries and stuff about polit- politics and world events and stuff. And right. even if that show is like 1% true about politics, right. There is so much fucking backdoor oh, yeah. shit that oh, goes on. Oh, it's way more than 1%. That show is probably that like, can, that show is probably 85% true about politics. It's like, we can't even fathom the conversations that are happening right. behind closed doors and what's like right. running the system. So that's what you wonder. Maybe that's what I father know. really was involved. Yeah. Maybe, um, I mean, that's just sort of guess and conjecture again, but maybe Trump said to Cruz, I have some fact about you on release if you don't drop out tomorrow. Or maybe, um, more likely, probably, just the Republican establishment started realizing we would honestly rather have Trump than Cruz. Like yeah. you said, Cruz is much more extremist. Everybody hated him. They're all friends with Trump, and they realize maybe he's more manageable. He just wants the power, and they can manipulate him to the way that they want. So they started to make peace with Trump. So probably they, they 
Ryan's previous who always sounds drunk. He's like, I'm, I'm a Ryan's previous, and we have to read Donald Trump's gonna be the Republican Party's nominee, and they'd have to coalesce around him. And maybe he's, he called Cruz and he's like, look, you're not gonna get this. You're not gonna convince super, super delegates. Never, he didn't get any endorsements, really, other than Lindsey Graham, who compared him to drinking poison over, like, shooting yourself. That was his endorsement. <laughs> So, not, cool. Not full throated. Well, I'd rather fuck you than fuck a dead fish. So fish monster. <laughs> yeah, like the fish monster. I mean, um, yeah. So who knows why he dropped out? But maybe he just re- had enough of the attacks, or maybe there's something more more behind the scenes we don't know about. And then the next morning, finally, Kasich always said, and Cruz always said, if only one of them was running against Trump, that that's when you'd really be able to see if you could stop him because there would be not two people trying to stop him. Kasich didn't even wait for one more primary. He dropped out today, the next morning. Was he really far behind? Crazy far behind. He's still trailing in delegates to Marco Rubio, who dropped out three months ago. It's hilarious. But he only won one state, his home state, ever. Right. But why didn't he wait one primary and see if... And, and why didn't he wait till the Republican c- c- convention? Because he could have gotten the Because he could have stopped Trump. Yeah. So Trump is going to be the nominee now. That's all, a 99% fact. I, mean, I think we knew this was coming. I mean, it's crazy. And Hillary... Winning in New York big made it much more likely for her. Sanders acknowledged he needs to win about 65% of every one of the remaining primaries, basically, to get the number of, of delegates needed. And he just won in an upset in Indiana, but by like 6%. Okay. 53 to 47. So he's not looking good, but he vows to stay in till the convention. He should. Because he wants to at least keep talking about these issues. Yeah. And making that the Democratic Party's agenda. I think he'd be an amazing vice president. Same. He'd be like the grouchy old, white-haired, kind of bald vice president to Hillary like Cheney was to Bush, but it'll be, like, for good. Yeah. For, like, helping people and not for... But maybe, again, like I said, who knows? Long-term, maybe the freedom agenda will work out. Let's hope it does. Now that we already did all that horrible shit, hopefully it turns positive for the country. So I was going to talk also about, and it's up to you, I'll let you decide if we want to skip it or talk about it, about the North Carolina bathroom law because there were a couple updates this week. And that's our last... And that after that story... Um, it's just the Twitter answers and one fun story at the end. I'm not really sure what's going on with that. I'll just fill you in real quick because it's important. It ties into what you're saying about human rights and maybe Trump is going to be more moderate and more supporting of human rights. It's very interesting and it ties Princeton in a second too. Um, but uh, the Department of Justice, the DOJ to NC, HB2, not okay, the Daily Beast reports. Department of Justice to North Carolina said their HB2 law that says that even cities can't not discriminate against people. Basically what happened was in Charlotte and other cities, they, they passed an anti-discrimination law and the state said you can't do that. You have to let our banning of trans people using the bathroom they want stand. Even in your city, you Wait, can't overturn so it. so the states governed, there was no trans bathrooms? Right, that trans people have to use the bathroom that matches their birth gender on their birth certificate. And then Interestingly, s- like Trump made Obama show his birth certificate, birth certificate's coming back into play again. And then and, the cities were like, nah, we're right, more so liberal like, than that. Exactly. Not we're going to go that. ahead and do what we want to do. Right. And then the state overturned it and said, you can't, you don't have the jurisdiction. I just, it's just so funny to me that like, these are the conversations. Like, why right. do we give a fuck right. what bathrooms people are? Another thing, even, even that we got to agreement on political idiot test, the political game show that I created that aired last week, and Tommy Laren from The Blaze, who's a real sweetheart and a very ex- 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 
and a very far-right conservative agreed, let people pee where they want to pee. So these issues, I think we are, like you said again, we're getting pat, we're getting, like, these maybe the like, last throws of bullshit. Maybe Trump will even help clear that out of the Republican Party. I don't know if this is going to sound bad. I think I talked about this somewhere else, but don't you think it's worse if, like, a trans man... Wait. If a person who's a man... A person who's a woman, who's born, who's born a woman, right? No, a person who's a born a woman dresses as a man. No, I mean it's it's like potentially like odd both ways: a man going into a woman's bathroom or a woman going into a man's bathroom. But the, but right. further than that, research has has, has statistics rather have shown that there is no confirmed, not even one confirmed case of a trans man doing anything inappropriate. Oh, in that's a woman's what I was going to say. It's more likely that a fucking regular man would do something inappropriate to another man or a young boy or someone in a bed. Trans people aren't like pervy rapists. They right. just want to be who they really are. They're like, you know, who's pervy rapists. They're like, like, more like weird like gay old dudes. men. Yeah. Right. Who are like in bathrooms, right. like hitting on people for no, and interestingly, whatever. Like actually then from that perspective, somebody, somebody brought this to my attention. Kira Soltanovich did that. There's actually more, documented proven cases of Republican lawmakers causing problems of breaking the law in bathrooms than there are trans That's really funny. men dressed as women. Yeah, I just doing don't it. think the trans community is really known for its like perverse sexual behavior and with with people who are who don't want to be a part of it. Right. They're, they're like, like people that have been like repressed and like, yeah, like held down mentally so much of their lives. Yeah. They're not they trying just to be who they really feel that they are. Right. So and they're not trying to like rock the boat by like raping someone in a bathroom or like showing someone their dick right. or something. As Jenk Uger said on, on, on Political Idiot Test, I don't think someone's risking going through their whole life, changing their gender identity, going through all that entails just to go into a bathroom and go like, ha ha! That's what Got I'm saying. You. That's it's what like I'm saying. so ridiculous. But the good news with, with this story, and maybe the world again progressing towards good news, is the Department of Justice, you know, nationally said to North Carolina, you can't do it. This law is not cool. I'll read the paragraph. Department of Justice informed North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory that House Bill 2, HB 2, which places limitations on the use of bathrooms by trans individuals, violates the Civil Rights Act. The department gave state officials until just Monday, they have like a few days, to respond to determine how to how to respond. It specifically violates Title IX, which bars discrimination in education based on sex. That's what enables fake female athletes, Title IX, to get the same scholarships as, as male athletes cool. in colleges and stuff like that. North Carolina could lose millions in federal school funding if they choose not to comply. And then there's tons of businesses already, already, you know, Bruce Springsteen canceled concerts there and all these people canceled concerts, tons of people. Now the NC2A, the men's or women's, but the, both, but the NC2A, the, the college basketball association, I guess it's, that's actually for all sports, I think. Um, maybe it's basketball, I'm not sure. Um, says they're not going to hold any final four events in anti-LGBT cities saying that the, their board of governors just today voted that to institute a new requirement for cities bidding on the league's events from the final four to educational events, they must have anti-discrimination laws in place to protect the dignity of everyone involved in the event. Wow. So that's really cool. Like, that's after other things give people act with disabilities access to events I mean, like this I'm not as well. trans, but I've been peeing in men's bathrooms for years. Totally. And I, on occasion, in an emergency, have peed in a woman's bathroom. Yeah. 
You gotta go, you gotta go. I've always questioned why we even have gender-specified bathrooms. Like I thought the same thing. Like, just, I get it when there's, you know, urinals, but if there's a, if, if you have a urinal inside a stall, and then next to that stall, there's a toilet, and you're sitting in, if you're on a urinal right. in a stall, and I'm on a toilet in a stall, like, right. I'm That's not That's why I love when, like, bars and restaurants, I think it's real sexy and cool, have, like, unisex bathrooms, and you yeah. wash your hands at the same sink, but you just you go lock yourself in a stall. Yeah, that's just awesome. Just get rid of urinals, and the problem is solved. And it's so funny how this is, like, becoming the most, like, one of my favorite episodes of the podcast in a long time. Look what the very next thing I was going to read was. Oh, wow. It's the print symbol yeah. that, that somebody tweeted, and it says... Quote, someone should put print symbols on all of the public restrooms in North Carolina and be done with it. Yeah. That's Benjamin Froelich said from somewhere on the internet. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. I mean, that's the solution. Yeah. Just have unisex bathrooms. Who gives a shit? I mean, I get it. I, I think it's okay to have gender bathrooms, but people that, if a guy in a dress who lives as a woman, he will be espousing that female energy. It should be about the energy, then, if you want to have, like, gender place to hang and have you do your thing and powder your nose do that as long as no one's breaking the vibe it should be more of like a don't break the vibe bathroom should, law yeah and we should just be more mature <laughs> kill my vibe. and more evolved as human vibe. beings to be able to share a sink or, or a space i wouldn't give a shit if i was doing my makeup and there was a guy i don't you know what i mean like we're all people like it's this whole like right. you are you are that and I am this thing is like a huge problem. Again, but, like like two party systems and things we're gonna yeah. get to in Twitter answers in a second. But the other thing I was gonna say about that um the legislation thing, it's like it's it's good and it's bad. It's on one hand it's unfortunate that it has to take so long for change to happen because we have to jump through all these hoops of like litigation and legislation and all these things that like take so long to right. change or like I feel like the consciousness is more just like yeah a lot of people are like we're just here and then it gets pulled back by take going through the proper channels and stuff so that's like why I think it takes a lot longer to change because there are so many like l things in place which is obviously good because you have to have things like hold up people. your society and right. like are the tenants of the way that we live but I think we just have to have patience with that. Like the fact that there's there's pushback and then there's pushback to the pushback is actually like a great sign. Totally. And then the, the system's built to have checks and balances. Yeah. And that's the good purpose too, to give props to conservatives as well, that it, we just need to not see it as being at each other's throats and as adversarial so much. Yeah. Conservatives serve a very important role in society. They make sure we don't make a mistake. We don't change something too fast. Don't allow murderers in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Make sure we don't, they're the ones that are like, whoa, things have been this way for a long time. Let's yeah. make sure this is right before yeah. we change it. So that check but and balance is also very speak, important. The, the, it's also, we have to be careful with the language about it. Like the way that you right. said that, like, we have to huge. be careful who we let into the bathroom. It's like, right. Yeah, of course, we don't want people that are a danger, but it's like to make a broad sweeping generalization that's right. the problem and i think that's where we get caught up is that the just the language around it is not sensitive totally. not aware and also it's like it makes people and i think that's honestly why my dad was able to convince me that it wasn't a bad thing that he was voting for trump like because, acceptable right? because his language was so right. much less Reasonable. violent right. than the way that trump speaks and the way that he's being portrayed that i could understand the point of view and i was like interesting that when you position it like that, it makes right. total sense. Totally, totally. And, yeah, and I think that, yeah, that is so important just to keep reminding ourselves that we all have the same goal. That's the biggest yeah. thing that gets lost in this, like, blood crip, red-blue, Democrat-Republican 
at each other's throats vibe is that it's not it gay, straight, male, female. Right, we have to keep dividing ourselves into these teams constantly. Mm-hmm. Teams only make sense if you want to play a pickup basketball game. If you want to have friendly competition, not like within your own country or your own species, you should not have to to divide yourself like that. It just makes no sense. It's even as simple as like when I hear girls with like dating and stuff being like, guys are like this and like you have to do this so that he'll do this and it's like you're just your if your goal is to get yourself closer to that thing with that kind of behavior and that kind of language, all you're doing is driving a giant wedge in between you and what you want, which is just like love and acceptance. Right. And so you're creating this like enemy out of like the right. opposite sex in a way because it's what you don't understand. Right. And it's everyone just needs to chill. Exactly. That's right. like the bottom line of what my agenda is here. That is, that is so true. Everyone just please chill. It is true. Admit you don't understand something and find common ground instead of being like espousing like certain kinds of But but that needs to apply to both sides. So that's the only thing I was gonna say that like oftentimes liberals are as guilty of like being totally. aggressive at, at like not 100%. ever listening to the other side. And I think you can't just we say oh, about- we want to have abortion, so you're wrong. Well they're they're espousing what they believe is life. So you can't demagogue someone that thinks it's life. And that's what like, we were talking in, about in that- by not responding to Trump with like Right. With other violence. It's exactly. Like, yeah. And exactly with that too. So so I think you're right. We need to to be able to to uh, not use aggressive language and holding rights back, but and but conservatives do need to play the role of making sure we're we're not moving too fast. So I think we need to honor that and respect that, and then just ask them to if we hear you out and we're going to take into account your protecting our society, then you just need to listen to us and and have a constant reasonable conversation. To try to see what the next right move is. Yeah. Once you break and see yourself as the enemy, the other person as the enemy, then you, the conversation ceases to to move. Yeah. So in another little bit of good news, since you were talking about uh, washing hands at the same sink, um, um, a bit of just interesting news, Barack Obama went to Flint, Michigan, mm. and... Um, Apparently has agreed with the statement came out and said that it will take about two more years to fully replace the pipes in Flint, which sucks. But that it's healthy now with if it's properly filtered with filters that they've, I guess, are getting to everybody or have gotten out everybody. um, If you're six years in age and above, you can drink it healthily, apparently, if it's filtered properly. And to prove it, Obama drank a glass of Flint water. That is not a good I would not feel comfortable with that. I know. Pretty crazy. Um, I mean, honestly, I think the government would be better served. Sure, they can shower with the filter on their bodies. That's fine. Right. But I think the government would be better served to, like, water bottles. invest seriously in mass mass distribution of bottled water. But then it has to be BPA-free bottles because, as Sophia Bush preached on this podcast, regular bottles like I'm drinking right now have BPA, and they're almost left in the sun and shipments and in the windows of, of the supermarkets or outside – and it's leaking carcinogens into water, and it's causing probably a lot of our cancer. Well, all of our plastic should be BPA. Yeah, I don't know how it isn't. Free. It's insane, because some companies can do it, so obviously it's not so expensive you can't afford BPA-free bottles. And the water bobble, I believe, is the name of the thing that Sophia recommended, but just get any filtered. They have bottles that have filters in them, so you just put any tap water source in it, and it filters before you drink it. That's awesome. So you should buy that. Yeah. Waterbobble.com, I believe. Um, so anyway, hopefully that just gets even more and more clear because when I was co-anchoring ABC News for a week in New York, um, we went live to college students 
at the University of, of Detroit, or the, sorry, the University of, of Michigan in Flint. And we're talking to them, and they were having to shower and drink this, like, shitty water. It's really fucked up. But a lot of them were getting bottled water. Some weren't. Um, but anyway, so it leads really to our Twitter answers question, which is what I asked everybody in the Brain Trust on Twitter. If government could change one thing, what would you want it to be? And we got some very interesting and thoughtful answers uh, that we'll go to right now as we check in with the Brain Trust, the Friends with Benefits, the Big Liebers and all of us, the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We check in with the Glebe Mob, the Glob, the Glebe Nation. We check in with the Brain Trust in Twitter answers. <laughs> All right, quickly before we do it, uh, the plug is of dates. Um, season 3 of Tessa, as you guys know, is airing right now every Tuesday at 10 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. on GSN. Next Tuesday, this coming week, my friends from the cast of Undateable are my Woo! contestants on the show from NBC's Undateable. Rick Glassman and Brent Moore and David Flynn and Ron Funches. It was a bizarre, hilarious, insane episode. Please watch it. Tell your friends. I'm on Snapchat every day making a weird, fun, funny, odd, interesting story for you guys on my story, doing a bunch of impressions with this killer new filter they have, so please follow me on Snapchat. You will <laughs> laugh. You will enjoy it. I'm also starting to do longer posts on Instagram, so stay up with the Instagram, y'all. Um, I'm in Edmonton right now with Stephanie Simbari. You can follow her on Twitter at... Steph Simbari. S-T-E-P-H-S-I-M-B-A-R-I on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. Um... Yep, at, you're the person who made me change all my socials to be the same thing across the board. Yeah, because I'm fucking G like that, and I know marketing a little bit. I appreciate it. Even that. though if I did, my numbers would be bigger, but it's cool. I'm <laughs> grateful. I'm grateful. Blessed. Blessed, y'all. Um, and Edmonton here at the Comic Strip, tonight through Sunday uh, night, including which will be Mother's Day, come on out and celebrate with us here in Edmonton, thecomicstrip.ca for tickets. The, uh, sorry, the uh, Vancouver Comedy Mix in Vancouver, May 12 through 14. San Antonio, the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, June 23 to 26. St. Louis Funny Bone, August 4 through 6. Chicago Zanies, August 24 through 27th. Minneapolis at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, September 1 through 4. Get tickets for all of it, or at least most of it, at the brand new BenGlebe.com. Yes. Check that shit out. You got any plugs, Steph? Everybody has to listen to and subscribe to Stephanie Elizabeth Cott's podcast. That's so retrograde. You see how smart and funny and interesting Steph is here. Imagine when she's less tired. Thanks, babes. My podcast is called That's So Retrograde, and you can subscribe on iTunes uh, if you search for That's So Retrograde and follow us on social media on Instagram and Twitter at So Retrograde. So if government could change one thing, what would you want it to be? Bridget Woodbury who transcribes all the quotes for this podcast and adds really brilliant, funny little commentary to it on the At Last Week on Earth Twitter account, said, At B. Woodbury said, Get rid of the Electoral College, revisit how we allot congressional seats, and get rid of gerrymandering, closer to one person, one vote. And it's so true, as Optimist for PA Gov at John Holowich wrote, our old friend said, I'd like to see a change to a direct popular vote for president. We have near instant communication today. That it's true. Do not need an electoral college. We're not riding horse and buggies up to the Capitol building in Philadelphia to, 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 to share the message. Though I wish we were. 
I would, that'd be fun. Amish no, country still does it. Horses. You are? Yes. You're allergic to fucking everything. No, it's really weird. It's unbelievable. You know. Kristen Ortiz, my old friend at Lil Miss KO, says make unicorns legal. And it's a strong point because how come they're not? Because they're not real. What? I'm sorry. What? But. Oh, shit. I'm really sorry. They are legal, they're just not real. Is it legal? I know you're allergic to horses, you don't want it, but is it legal to glue one central horn onto the head of a uni of a horse? If it's your horse. <laughs> that should be the law. <laughs> if it's your horse, you're allowed to put sweaters on dogs. Yeah. Why can't you glue a fucking horn on a on a on a soon to be unicorn? Yeah, it's your and then horse. that you and then that unicorn can use whatever bathroom he wants to use yeah. in the stable. Namaste. Namaste in the men's bathroom for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Get this horn off my head. That's exactly right. I'm feeling kind of... Oh, I'm not even going to say the stupidest joke possible. We all know where I was dumb. going. You're welcome. At Chris Haas, our old friend, says reform education. So agree, Duh. right? Because that's the biggest way you can raise the new generation of, of American citizens and Earth citizens to really understand what's really going on and not be stuck. In, and, and that's the biggest thing, really, that's always been wrong with our education system is they, we educate people just enough to be lemmings to be a lot of ways um we don't encourage free thinking we right we, we encourage, encourage them to like certain basic skills memorization so that they can go and work and at jobs to make other people rich retention right. and we don't encourage like creativity or any sort of like inventiveness which we is never crazy. teach economics there's not one money class in high school or elementary school Wait, why shouldn't we grow up learning how to, what money is, what yeah. the markets mean. I know, like, could I have learned how to balance a checkbook before I was 30? Right. You want, you want your truth on your wrist. And we, if you want truth, they obviously have to follow the money. And we don't get taught that at all. But so also, insane. not only reform education, but, like, support education. Like, I think one of the biggest travesties of, like, any political system is that, that or any, like, thing that we have in politics right now is that, the first thing that they cut is fucking education funding. Right, and crazy. it's like, oh, you wonder why we have like an insane homeless population and an insane unemployment number? It's because you're not fucking giving people the opportunity to learn how to think for themselves or support higher education or support them being in a position to not have to resort to certain things to survive or right. like give up on themselves. It's like really fucked up. You want to cut down on that? Then start from the beginning. Go back to the beginning. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now we're homeless. Now we're homeless. Started from the bottom. Now we're homeless. Still at the bottom. <laughs> started from the bottom. Now I'm begging for a change on the corner. It's, from it's oh god, it's like really fucked up. Yeah, and, and as like, I also as, think that teachers are tired and underpaid and like truth. It's we just, should flip the salaries of Congress people and teachers. Yeah. Boom. Have people that care about teaching become our Congress people, and then we'll just I guess fuck up education worse. <laughs> so no, that's not I a good think plan. that it's but. And and as I've said ad nauseum, the biggest problem, the biggest way to start reforming education, you simply have to change one tiny thing in the curriculum of most subjects. Well, Teach context. Mm. Every class it's seen as punitive, right? Kids come there, like, here's your syllabus. You're going to have tests every two weeks. Here, read these eight books or you're going to fail out. Instead of taking the first week of each semester and saying, 
You're going to learn these things. Here's how it fits into world history. Here's how it fits into your future life. Here's why you'll Here's want how to know this. Into you, right? Like I don't... people don't want to do shit that they're punished. Do homework every night, but every kid would want to say, "Do you want to be rich when you grow up? Learn this math. You're going to be able to brilliant at or math. Do you want to like, the skill. be a contributing member of society who makes the world a better place? Little kids are so you beautiful and like malleable, and if you put that idea in their head, they'll go with it. I was so hopeful yeah. at that age and right. so like engaged and exactly. so ready to like be a part of it. And like ask questions and just like curious, and then totally. I feel like I was That's all gone down by like yeah, by that system in a way of like True. now I just have to rote memorize and like kind of kill my brain cells and and just like my enjoyment of what's happening because I don't really understand why I'm learning it. Because I Which is why a magazine like The Week is so brilliant. Why I learned half that shit. Right, it's same here. Like I'm all for like engineering and shit, but like if I'm not a math student, I shouldn't be taking calculus. I don't need that. Exactly. I can't right. even split a fucking check at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Venmo. I mean, I mean, you, you should you should be able to tailor your education a lot earlier too. Maybe to what it should be general education for the first like six years. Yeah, and then do whatever the fuck tailor you it to what you are, are good at. In. Right. Totally. I mean, there's a lot of reforms that need to be made. Um, at symbolisms, Adam Forham says honestly, the two party system because with that, inefficiencies of Congress and tons of issues would be resolved. I said it for years. We said it on this podcast. There's no reason to have two parties. It should be run like student government that actually gets some things done. You all just are sitting around the table trying be, to vote on bake sales, on shit that everybody wants. Two parties, like how you were saying, that comes to the middle. So, like, but why the parties then? The, what, what, the what's balances, the benefit? Just, maybe not the parties, but like the, the checks yeah, People and have ideologies. Yeah. You can call them liberals and conservatives, yeah. and they can discuss, but yeah. they should all be around one table. Agreed. There shouldn't be these go off to your caucus and you can't do anything the Republican caucus doesn't agree with. That's yeah. insane. Um, so that's insane. And the same point was made here by Optimus again, Optimus for PA Gov, term limits for Congress and Senate. It was never meant to be a career. Mm. As Matthew Corey at Roller Dog NC, our old friend, says, term limits for Congress, three terms in the House, two in the Senate. You shouldn't be a career politician because then that's your whole life, so you have to stay in office. And if people have fund your elections to get reelected, you need the money, then you have to vote for their moneyed interest. But if you're out every two, three terms, there might be a lot more tackling real issues. There should be that for sure. Yeah. As Aaron Glow said, the elimination of parties. They divide us yeah, rather than that. unite us. And don't always help us achieve goals. It's time, she said. And it's so true. They don't help us achieve any goals. And, like and the, they divide us. What's yeah. the fucking point? But this is just this this feedback is just reflective of what I'm saying, which is which that is like the masses of people, the consciousness is shifting to right. like lend itself to be like, oh, hey, yeah, thank it's not God. Working. As Aaron Glow's next tweet said, to work together instead of blaming each other for various concerns. We're all human beings and shouldn't be defined or judged by a title. Preach, sister. Republican, Democrat. Left, right. Why are we on different sides? Funny, Literally on different funny. sides. Yeah, I mean, that one I think we should keep. <laughs> and we should definitely keep that in place because there's far too many unfunny comedians. That's and I'm sick true. of it, to be honest That's with you. Very true. Um, as a very similar thing here said, not similar topic, but different topic, but similar message. Nada Farley at Nada7071360. Got to make that an easier Twitter handle. Um, racism. I don't get why color has to make a person seem bad or unintelligent, etc. Not white, not black, human. 
That really is also we have to evolve to as well. As Warren Beatty said, summarizing the point of the very funny, weird movie about politics and hip-hop culture, Bullworth, at the end oh. he's on TV and he goes, we all just need to fuck to wear the same color. Wait, there's that beautiful cover of National Geographic. I think it was like maybe last year. and It was like the projected... It was the projected image of what a human being will look like in the future, and it was like the most beautiful, like caramel skin on? color with freckles and like right. light hair and light eyes, like dark, darker I the eyebrows. Freckles part. I saw that cover. Oh, uh, I was I like, it. it's just like if, yeah, she was so beautiful. I would just want to connect the dots with like a pen or something. I think freckles are so cute. It can be. It can be cute. It's not always, in my opinion, but that's fine. Maybe Ben's being hateful. <laughs> listen, I'm tired of all you freckled people out there. I can't. Go Trump! Trump 2016! Oh my god, I'm building a wall against freckles. There should be a temporary ban on freckled people entering the country, okay? <laughs> Their faces have got a lot of dots on them, okay? What are you? Are you connecting the dots? Are you blind? Is your face for blind people to read? I don't know. I don't get it, okay? Um, we're gonna do, we're gonna make sure that all freckled people are taken care of in this country. Enough of the 1% of people with just one Cindy Crawford freckle on the face. We're gonna embrace people with 99 freckles. Um, maybe a unicorn should be humanity's symbol. Oh, I love that. And we all just, just meet in the middle and embrace the fact that we can glue on a, a horn and make ourselves magical we horses. Be. We can be Huey Lewis in the news. We can be who we, we want to be. We can be Louie Anderson. Do what you want to do. Be who you want to be. The Adams family. Too legit. I don't know. Okay, so that is the end of the uh, Thunder Round. Um, and uh, just as we like to always do when we have long, nice, long, full episodes, we end it with two nice, fun, light, loose stories as compiled by Chris Carter at UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of Last Week on Earth. It's time for the Thunder Round. This groundbreaking invention might be the best thing since sliced bread at UK Brain Trust pointed me towards some likely British website. It can butter an entire loaf of bread in less than 30 seconds. It's a machine. You just load a pad of butter in it, and it a few pads of butter in it, and you put it. It's the size of a piece of toast. And you just slide it along the piece of toast, and it covers it perfectly in butter. Yummy. Um, why we waited this long to make this? Is this gonna? Could this be something that makes people so happy that it leads us towards world peace? I mean, butter makes everything better, so I feel like yes. When you're talking about butter, you have to check in with the butter expert who hasn't been on the podcast in a very, very long time. Who is it? Paula Dean, welcome back. Wow, thank you, Ben. Oh my God! Let me just say something, Ben. I love butter, okay? And um, I'm just happy that we're finally talking about it again, bringing butter back into the national conversation. And I agree with the woman earlier's comment saying we should all be one color and one race. I do agree with keeping those freckles separate, the freckle people. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe if I could just put butter over someone's freckled face, then maybe you would cover the freckles. Yummy. They'd seem like a, more, a normal person, and they'd seem more white. Because mm. on account of butter being white, sometimes a yellow hue, but it's like you were like a nice little Asian. You're making me hungry. I'm sorry. 
Uh, Paula oh, just wow. ran away. Wow, she ran happened? into the fridge in the kitchen. She's going to cook something That's so crazy. Us. Great seeing Paul, uh, Paula, Paula Dean again. So I was going to call her Paula Abdul for a second. I was going to pull up a picture of Paula Dean with Brian Moses that I took like four years ago. With Brian who? Brian Moses. Brian Moses posed with Paula Dean? Yeah, we went um, with Sarah to the Tonight Show, and Paula Dean was the other guest. Oh, and man. I took a picture of them hugging, and I really want to pull That's up. pretty amazing. It was like right after the racist comments, too. That's a, she, she, she needed to hug at that time. It was gorgeous. She needed a hug. And she was like, oh, sweetie, you can come live with me. We were just like, we are living history right now. It I love amazing. that. I'll post the picture if you can send it. You I can check out my Instagram. It. I'll post it or on Steph's Instagram, whichever one. Look at both of them. You'll see it in the next week. Don't find it right now. Yeah. Find it after. We have two stories left, and you can go to right to bed. I'm going to tuck you in. I can't do two more stories. No, no, no. These are the Thunder Round stories. Oh, okay. They're like 10-second stories. Okay. You can. You I'm can make really it. really tired. I know. I know you're on a different schedule than I am. Yeah. We got through that earlier, and yeah. I apologize. I, I appreciate it again. I appreciate you shifting to accommodate my insane late-night schedule. I just want to be done. And I love you as a friend. Thank you. Love you, too. Okay, great. Um, a hundred-year-old woman for inspiration, okay? Just set a sprinting record, NBC Sports reported. Ida Keeling set a world record for centenarian women at the Penn Relays this weekend for the 100-meter dash, competing, completing it in one minute and 17.33 seconds. She's thrown 101 in several weeks. She ran it real slow, but she ran a 100-meter dash and celebrated finishing it with, with a push-up. Quote, she says, love yourself, do what you have to do and what you want to do. Eat for nutrition, not for taste, and exercise at least once a day. Oh, my God. There's another centurion that I read about who said similar things about living for so long, and she said, I just don't worry about stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's the key, You just really. got to keep it chill, like I said. Yeah, don't worry, be happy, which is not a song I'll end the podcast with because we haven't planned something else. Our last story, um, Complex Magazine tweeted, Kanye West interrupted his friend's wedding with the, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> Grab the mic. It's, I'm going to let you finish. Dave and whoever had the best wedding of all time. Did he really do it was that? he just did that. There's there's a there's a video of it. But Chris Carter, our UK brain trust, um, and that's why you have to follow him. Always has these really funny, as does Bridget Woodbury on the podcast quotes, really funny quote uh, tweets that he writes on top of the the stories he finds. He wrote, "But Beyonce had one of the best visual albums of all time." That's hilarious. Which leads us to a song we have prepared for you from the Lemonade album. Stephanie chose it. It is. Um, Beyonce with the song Hold Up. Thank y'all for listening. Steph, thanks for being here. Love you guys. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. Hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you Oh love, they don't love you like I love you Oh down, they don't love you like I love you Something don't feel right, because it ain't right Especially coming up after midnight I smell your secrets, and I'm not too perfect To ever feel this worthless How did it come down to this? Scrolling through your call list I don't wanna lose my pride, but I'ma fuck me up a bitch Know that I kept it sexy, and know I kept it fun There's something that I'm missing, maybe my head for one What's worst? Looking jealous or crazy, jealous or crazy 
or like being walked all over lately, walked all over lately. I'd rather be crazy. Hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see? This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.